I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. What Jesus went through that day is just unimaginable. All of that started late Thursday night, early Friday morning, where he was led away to a kangaroo court in which he was mocked and unjustly condemned. He was called a blasphemer, but he was not, for he was the very Son of God, the Messiah. He was charged with insurrection, but he wasn't an insurrectionist. And instead of letting the innocent Jesus go, Pilate let the murderer and the rebel Barabbas go instead. And they led innocent Jesus away to be crucified. He was scourged, which means he was beaten with whips that tore the flesh off of his body. As he walked out, his flesh would have been hanging off of his body in ribbons because of the whips that had beaten him. He gave his very last bit of strength as he tried to tote that heavy cross down the the road and they had to get Simon of Cyrene to take up the cross and carry it for him because he had no strength left, left in him. And then they led him away to Golgotha. And there at about 9 a.m. in the morning, they laid Jesus on that cross. They put those hands, those nails through his hands and his feet. They lifted up that pole, dropped it down into a hole. As the weight of his body jeered against the metal of the spikes in his hands and his feet. And for three hours, he lingered, waiting, suffering, struggling. And then there, at the twelfth hour, Scripture says the sixth hour, but about twelve o'clock, something started happening. It was funny there, as James was reading earlier, talking about as Jesus hung there. Mark brings out a little bit of the irony of the whole situation. As Jesus hung on the cross from 9 a.m. till 12, people came by. Oh yeah, you who would destroy the temple in three days and raise it again. Oh, save yourself. Oh, look, he was the big, strong guy, the mighty man who saved so many others, but hey, now he can't save himself. They never realized the irony. Jesus could have saved himself. He could have called 10,000 angels to come and take him down from that cross. 
and slaughter everyone in sight. But you see, Jesus hung there because he had a greater purpose, a greater mission. He wasn't there to save himself. He was there to save us. He was there to save all of those throughout history who would believe in him and trust in his saving power. As Scripture continues on in verse 33 of Mark chapter 15, And when the sixth hour, that is twelve o'clock in the afternoon, had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, about three o'clock. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabastani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders, bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. A wonderful thing began to take place there in the sixth hour about noon. As darkness came down upon the earth, people began to wonder, what's going on? I mean, can you imagine? Midday becomes almost like night. What's going on? It was in that moment on the cross that the full judgment of God for our sins was being poured out upon Jesus. You see, it was on the cross, there on the cross, God's full judgment, His full wrath for our sins was poured out upon Jesus. Darkness is a sign of judgment in Scripture. We see this over and over again in Scripture. Go back to the Exodus, Exodus chapter 10, verse 22, we see there, so Moses stretched out his hand towards heaven and there was pitch Darkness in all the land of Egypt, three days. Darkness was one of the great judgments upon the land of Egypt because the Egyptians refused God. Pharaoh refused God. No, I don't know Yahweh. I'm not going to do what Yahweh says. And so God sent down His judgment upon Egypt. And one of those judgments was complete darkness. A darkness that could be felt. Amos tells us, of that day, a day of judgment. On that day, declares the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. Can you imagine a darkness that can be felt? That's what was taking place 
at noon on Good Friday. Because God's judgment was coming down upon the earth, but not upon the sinners, not upon the condemned, but upon His very Son, Jesus Christ. It was in that moment that God made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us in our place. And He poured out His full judgment for our sin on Calvary's cross. As the judgment of God was bearing down upon Jesus, Mark tells us that He cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabastani? My God, my God, why have You forsaken Me? In that moment, Jesus felt completely alone. All of His disciples, all of His friends, they had already fled and left Him alone. But now in this moment, even the Father, even the Holy Spirit, two who had always had Union with Jesus. Father and Holy Spirit turn their back upon Jesus. Because God cannot look upon sin. He can't bear to look upon sin. And so in that moment, as His Son became sin for us, as He was pouring out His wrath upon Jesus, In a real sense, He forsaked His Son. He turned His back upon Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus felt a loneliness like He had never felt before in all of eternity. As He bore the full weight of our sin in our place. As one commentator says, the darkness meant judgment, the judgment of God upon our sins. His wrath as it, was, as it were burning itself out in the very heart of Jesus so that He as our substitute suffered most intense agony, indescribable woe, Terrible isolation or forsakenness. Hell came to Calvary that day and the Savior descended into it and bore its horrors in our stead. You see, it wasn't the physical suffering that Jesus was in agony over. He could have bore that. It was the spiritual agony as the wrath of God for my sin and your sin was being poured out upon Him. Jesus experienced hell on earth for us. 
And then he cried out one last time and gave up his spirit. He breathed his last. Now Mark doesn't tell us what that outcry was, but John does. John 19 verse 30 says that when when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Oh, he received the agony of hell upon him until the full penalty of God had been poured out in its completeness. Once Jesus had received the full cup of God's wrath for our sin in our place, once His mission was absolutely completed, He said, it's finished. I've done it. I've completed the mission. Oh, Father God, I have done what You have come, what You have sent me to do. I have paid the full penalty. There's nothing left to pay. And He gave up His Spirit. And praise God, Jesus stayed on that cross until every sin of ours was paid for. It is finished. That means there's nothing left for us to do. There's no good deed that we have to accomplish. There's no sin that we have to pay for because He paid for it in full. Jesus Paid it all, all to Him I owe. He completed the work the Father had sent Him to do. And He paid for all of our sin, past, present, and future, in our place, there on Calvary's cross. On the cross, Jesus paid the full penalty for our sin in our place. And because He paid the full penalty for our sin in our place, here's the good news. You think, well, does it get any better than that? Yes, it does. See, here's the wonderful news. Here's why that is so important for us. Because on the cross, Jesus Christ, as He paid the full penalty for our sin in our place, Jesus reconciled us to God, giving us full access to God. As the text goes on, He says that the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. You see that temple there in Jerusalem... That temple was based upon what God told Moses to build. That temple which included the the place where God's glory dwelt with His people. 
And there in the temple, there was the, the holy place, which was outside. That's where uh, people could go, the, the, the priests and stuff, they could go into the holy place. But then there was a, a big curtain, a thick curtain made of, of skin and, and, and cloth. It was a massive curtain. And behind that curtain was the holy of holies. There was the Ark of the Covenant. And covering the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat. And there on the mercy seat, there were two cherubim made of gold. And they had their, their wings stretched out towards one another. And Scripture says, tells us that it was in between the two cherubim where the glory of God would come and rest down upon His throne in the Holy of Holies. There, the glory of God dwelt among His people. But you see, no one had access to Him. Only the high priest, only he could go in there once a year to make atonement for people by taking the blood of a lamb in there and sprinkling it upon the mercy seat. But no one else had access. There was that curtain. The curtain divided God from His people. He set That curtain separated God from His people. It kept the holy of holies, the Lord God Almighty, separated from His sinful people. But you know, that was just a cloth curtain. And God is really omnipresent. He's all over the place. He wasn't just in the Holy of Holies. You see, that curtain, it represented something far greater than just skin and cloth. That curtain represented our sin. It was our sin that separated us from God. It was our sin that kept us from having access, full access to the Lord God Almighty. And there on Calvary's cross, as Jesus poured out His very life's blood, as He paid the full penalty for our sins in our place, Right up until the very last little bit of sin, when he had accomplished his purpose, the curtain was torn. Our sin was removed, giving us full access to the Holy of Holies, to the Lord God Almighty. We don't need a high priest other than our one high priest, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the full penalty. He paid the full, full sacrifice for us. The curtain has been removed. It's torn down. It's no more. We don't have to go to a priest and say, priest, could you pray for God? Pray to God for me. No, we got full access to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus paid the full penalty for our sin in our place so that we who were once separated from God, we've got full access. We can go right into the throne room ourselves. Ourselves. 
covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. For God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin, to bear our sin in our place, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Because Jesus did what he did. Since he paid, our, paid for our sin in our place, as a wonderful gift, he gives us his perfect righteousness. So that when we go into the Father, our sin's gone. Now we bear the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Jesus tore down that wall of separation between you and God. The wall of your sin and provided the way of reconciliation. But then, you know, the centurion points us to a very important point here. You see, that, that gift that Jesus gives, it's a free gift. But it must be received. It must be reconciled. It must be recognized. The centurion here points us to the way in which we receive that gift of reconciliation that Jesus provided for us on Calvary's cross. Notice what he says there. When the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the Son of God. Of God, you see, he confessed Jesus Christ was God. The way for us to receive Jesus' gift of, of reconciliation, there's nothing to do, no action to take other than this turn away from your sin, look upon Jesus, trust in him. Confess Him as Lord and God of your life and receive His gift of salvation. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Trust in Jesus. Confess Him as Lord. On the cross, Jesus paid the full penalty for your sin in your place so that He might reconcile you to God therefore confess Jesus Christ as Lord receive his forgiveness and be reconciled to God maybe tonight you've come and you're, you're still separated from God you don't know Jesus you don't know you've never turned to him you've never trusted in him you're separated. That wall of sin still separates you from, from God. Tonight, it can be torn down if you only trust in Jesus. Look to Calvary's cross. Look to Jesus Christ, the Lamb who was slain for you in your place. Confess Him as Lord and receive His gift of salvation. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you.
for the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us in our place. Lord, we certainly don't deserve it. We are sinners. Rebels to our very core. Yet you loved us. And you sent your son to die for us. Lord Jesus, you willingly came. And you suffered and died to the very last second so that we might be forgiven, so that we might be reconciled to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus. For paying that price for us. Oh Lord. Let everyone here tonight see Jesus. Let them understand what he did for us. And if there's any tonight who, who don't know Jesus. Who've never trusted in him. Lord let them turn to Christ tonight. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.